Hey guys, it's Michelle, Leah, and Brandy, and this is Spooky Shit and Tales from the Beyond. I never know how to start. Hello. So today's... This is Brandy. <laughs> I should recognize my voice. I hope so. So this week's topic is curses. <gasps> what is a curse you mean? I was, okay. was going to say, what's a curse? <laughs> Never heard of it. Sorry if we sound muffled. We're wearing masks except for Leah because she's inconsiderate. <laughs> How to do it to him? No comment. I played the fifth. <laughs> Anyways, a curse. Curse you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow, Brandy, curse you too, okay? Funniest joke Brandy's ever said. Wow. Uh-huh. It that's was a little a- lame, but <laughs> I said it. That's the peak of your comedy career. <laughs> Whew. Thank you. A curse is any expressed wish that some form of adversity or misfortune will befall or attach to one or more persons, a place, or an object. It was a lot of words. You can curse an object? Uh, yeah. No, that seems right. Yeah, never mind. Checks out. Think Harry Potter, Michelle. Yeah. Random fun fact that I found. Okay. A curse is known by eight other names. Okay. Which includes some really long names that I'm probably going to mispronounce. Let's go. Let's just do it, bro. Imprecation. <laughs> Malediction, execration, malison, anathema, combination, hex or jinx. Oh, you Those got really the last easy two, ones. <laughs> it's very bold of you to make that list at all. I would have just ignored it. Yeah, I <laughs> thought about like, it, but I thought it was kind of cool that I had eight other names. I mean, hex and jinx I've definitely heard, but the other words I'm like, what the fuck? You also that? know, knowing us, that we would have asked immediately right what after. Are what they? are the names? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I tried. I'm pretty Thank sure you. I butchered all of them, though. You did, Loki, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks. Curses are usually referred to being a sort of magic slash witchcraft, and often accompanied by a ritual or prayer. 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 <laughs> Forgive me. I can't English. Forgive me, Father. <laughs> For absence. <laughs> okay, so now I'm going to move on to the types of curses. Okay. Maybe you guys can help and throw some examples. You guys I'm just know. listening. Okay. I'll try, to give, I'll try to give some examples. All right, so the first type is family, which is kind of given. It's when a curse is put on the entire family, usually like the whole bloodline or like to go on for so, generations. So, like Anastasia. If you listen to our last episode, I mentioned that there is a possible Kennedy oh, curse. Yes. They even have their own Wikipedia page, so I guess Mine that's an a, example there. That is a cartoon yeah. family. <laughs> Okay, or Michelle's. Who? What was yours, Michelle? Anesthesia. Anesthesia, yes. That is his name. was for the whole bloodline, though? I think so. Except oh, she sh- got away and he came back to find her. Oh, here we go. That's true. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Type number two is the mother curse. The curse thrown by a mother on her child. Dang. Which your mom said, one, I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I when I first read it, I thought it was more like a mother, like, lost her child. And I thought of it, like, really mu- like a lot. Really much. <laughs> Really much. <laughs> I thought about it a lot, and I was like, oh, like, mother lost her child and then threw a curse, but I guess it's like she actually put a curse on her child. She fucking hates her child. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sucks. Damn. Um, then the third is the personal, which is obvious. It's just it's made specific to one person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fourth is national, which is the nation or a tribe is cursed. That's a... So it's pretty much that's like a... That's a really big-ass curse. Yeah, that's what I didn't say. Where is that? The fifth one is to curse oneself as a form of punishment. That is which some is the emo shit. Curse, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you were emo then. <laughs> but you never cursed yourself. <laughs> Only true emos now. <laughs> six. The sixth curse is when one's house is cursed. Which what? Kind of like a haunting. Yeah. Like a, like haunted, a haunted house. house. Yeah. Cursing the house. Okay. So like a, a resident who lived there before you could have cursed the house for all the tenants that shall enter it after. It's like the yeah. bell witch. Whenever she is like, you guys took this land for cheap, and then as she oh, was dying, right. she's like, yeah. I curse your land. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. That was personal and land. Michelle, what episode was that from? In case our listeners don't know. It was called, I don't know the episode so, number, but it was like witches and so much slapping. Or yes. Like there's so no, much, it was there's three a lot of, bitchy witches and of course, so much slapping. Three bitchy witches. Excuse me, Michelle. There's a lot of bitch slapping in it. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> and lastly, number seven is the penal. The pee-pee. <laughs> A curse as a form of punishment for offense done by not skillful magician. What? What do you I mean? I don't really get that one. I don't get that one either. Wait, okay, like, are, you so cur- are you cursing the bad magician? They're yeah. cursing you. You're like, you suck, I'm gonna curse you. Pretty much. For being such That's a That's what I understood. <laughs> to perform a curse, you basically need to say a whole ass prayer, slash do a big ritual. Okay. To ask a higher power for help and get what you want. That's pretty much my interpretation. How are you gonna <laughs> how are you gonna talk to a higher power and be like, God, help me fuck up this person's life? I mean not just God's God. like, I got you. I don't know if they're necessarily always praying to God, Michelle. Yeah. Hey, Satan. I think <laughs> I think now is a great time in the podcast for me and Michelle to talk about our babysitter when we were in the fifth and sixth grade. Was yeah. she evil? No. She was only she was also only like Oh, she was three grades above us. We also had a babysitter at one point who was one grade above me. And yes. I'm like, is this necessary? Uh, do you know funny how parents do that? Yeah. It's like, like, bro, they're barely, she's, like... She's 12 and I'm 11. Like, what's like, wow. <laughs> why? But anyway, she was a Satanist and... She was a, as much of a Satanist as a 13-year-old can yes. be. She was, like, emo-emo. She was the type that maybe she cursed herself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she... When she'd babysit us, I remember she would take Mich- me and Michelle into a dark room and she would ask us to list five evil things in the room. We would always this. jokingly be like, you, and then she'd start chasing us around screaming. Michelle, what did she do to your diary? She broke into my diary that I won at the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, that bitch. She just ripped it open <laughs> and uh, not, she, didn't, I, she didn't babysit us for very long. I remember our mom said she fired her because my mom was driving her home <laughs> after she got home from wherever she was. And what she did told she her, say? She told her she believed in witchcraft. Oh, yeah. I feel and like I don't know why mom so took that so seriously from, like, a 12-year-old. She's like, oh, my God. You can't believe it. Wouldn't you, though? I guess so. Some teenagers are weird. Well, especially if you already get a vibe from her. Like, I don't think your mom just was like, oh. She has psychotic vibes for sure. She would bring over brownie mix, and we'd just eat brownie mix before making them into brownies. I only remember I the remember bad. that and not the evil thing. <laughs> I only, for some reason, can remember the bad and her chasing us and screaming. Yeah, that's kind of... Okay, like, you wouldn't do that to me. Yeah, that was later on. That's, that's different, though. She's your sister, but, like, for your babysitter to do that? It was odd. It's different. She was odd. Unless you, the only reason, like, she should be chasing you is if you're playing tag. Uh, this is just my opinion. I feel like curses mostly happen as a form of envy or revenge and can also be seen as bad luck rather than a curse. Big true. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of people, if you don't believe in curses, you're just going to think that that person has just like a spell of bad luck. And yeah, or like more of like always a, coincidence. a superstition type thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
which is perfect for what the curse I'm gonna talk about. Oh, what are we talking about? Brandy's got a long one, you guys. Just no, it's hold super on. short. It's <laughs> seven pages, as long as my Marilyn Monroe was last Not week. even. Oh, it's so short. So I'm gonna talk about the curse of the Bambino. Bambino Woo. from Sandlot. Yeah. I, st- I don't even understand the reference. I just know because <laughs> I told you earlier. Yep. <laughs> Well, the curse of the Bambino was a superstition evolving from the fa- failure of Major League Baseball's Boston Red Sox to win the World Series for a total of 86 years, from 1918 to 2004. Wow, I know Dude, nothing about baseball. I didn't know that. It's like a huge-ass thing. Like, they literally could not win. For oh, my God. It all started when the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in... 1920. Damn. At the time, Babe Ruth. Hopefully, you guys know who that is. I know who yeah, Babe Ruth okay. is. Uh, that's the only baseball player I know. <laughs> I <eat. laughs> He's like candy bar names after him, duh. The doy. The doy. He was known as the Bambino, and he was one oh, of baseball. Babe Ruth. <laughs> he was one of baseball's greatest hitters and had helped the Red Sox win the World Series in 1918. So that's two years before they traded him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to know why they traded him? Because he lost that one year. And no. they said, fuck you, bitch. No. He became really it's... successful at his candy-making business, and they couldn't afford it. <laughs> he wanted more. <laughs> no, it was because the owner of the Sox team at the time, Henry... No, not Henry. <laughs> it's Harry. <laughs> Same thing. Same difference. H's, whatever. Yeah. Harry Frazzy. Frazzy. I think that's how you pronounce it. it sounds like a very frazzy. Frazzy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't even know what I Boston meant accent? by that. I don't uh, know what it I was. I think it was. Okay. Okay. Michelle's a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Wait, this is the Red Sox team, though. Idiot. Boy, does she sound fucking stupid right now. <laughs> anyway. <Okay>, Boston accent. <laughs> I said Boston accent at first. I was just listing some accents. Okay. okay. Anyways, he needed money to pay for his girlfriend's Broadway musical called No No Nanette. No No Nanette? Yes. No No mm-hmm. Nanette. <laughs> That's no, my no, Nanette. <laughs> Many fans believe the musical was such a, a disaster that it left the Sox cursed yeah. to lose for almost a century. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. No No because Nanette. Because of a Broadway play? Yeah, so he just needed money, so he traded Brave the Ruth, and then that... See, I like that they were supporting the play at least. They right? tried. But I, it didn't do so well. It didn't do so well. So he lost a lot of money. And they continued to not do so well. Yeah, and then his team just did, they could not win for That's a total of 86 years. That's so, fucking crazy. This sounds depressing. They all ended up passing away before they ever saw a win. What, what did they mention about him in the Sandlot? No, they just say the great Bambino. Oh. Well... Great movie, by the way. That's not the dog, right? Is that it? We, it's not the dog. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. I didn't end that really, really well. So I'm gonna be talking about one of the more controversial movies of war. Whoa. Whoa. Controversial. This crazy. Okay, it's crazy. I'm gonna be talking about one of the more controversial movies of our times. Although it is far from the horror genre that I usually focus on. I'll be talking about the 2004 film, The Passion of the Christ. This movie, and specifically the actor playing the lead role, was cursed from the get-go. 
Mel Gibson ventured into what no other director dared. 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 <laughs> <laughs> to resell the story of Jesus Christ's last 12 hours before his crucifixion. I personally have never seen it because I already know the climax of the movie. Your boy dies. Spoiler. And, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> and I think it would be too graphic for me. Uh, movie critics said, quote, The movie is 126 minutes long, and I would guess that at least 100 of those minutes, maybe more, are concerned specifically and graphically with the details of the torture and death of Jesus. Oh, my God. This is the most violent film I have ever seen. And um, Robert just told us that it was the highest rated R movie until Deadpool came out. So, just to put that in reference. But, but do we believe him? Is this facts checked? It's okay. not. You know it's not. <laughs> and to be honest... Like I said, I've never watched it. It just felt weird to watch a movie about Jesus's crucifixion. It's I don't just know. A torture it, movie. I never liked the idea of it for some Basically. reason. It felt yeah. weird. Uh, definitely not my cup of tea. Sorry, mom. I know you hype up this movie, yeah. but I'm just gonna stick to the world of fiction films. It's a little too heavy for me to, to watch a film about Jesus being tortured to death. Anyways, besides the point. From the beginning of production, this film was met with struggles. Jim Caviezel, who played as Jesus knew exactly how demanding the role would be and was acutely aware of the excessive violence and danger he would be acting out in the stunts. So during filming, Caviezel suffered from hypothermia as well as pneumonia due to the bitter winter they were filming in. He experienced intense migraines almost daily every time he appeared on set. <laughs> and he wasn't known to have migraines before, so it was just started during the movie. He was the only cast member to go through either ailment, which begs the questions, Maybe his role as Jesus Christ was cursed. Hmm. Maybe some higher power was at play and didn't want the movie produced and was going to do anything to stop it. Maybe a lower power was at work. Maybe Jesus wanted to recast. Oh, okay, so Robert just said that it, um, the movie is currently, currently number six of the highest grossing gross films. Yeah. Sorry. Leah, Leah, talk. I struggle, Michelle. <laughs> I struggle. Rated R grossing. Oh, rated R grossing rated. films. Specifically, see Michelle can't even get it. It doesn't make the other list. It was it was a lot of information thrown at me at once. Sorry, I couldn't retain it all. Okay, so Caviezel's misfortunes didn't stop there from the you know the ailments he had. In fact, they got even worse. During a scene in which he is being whipped, Jesus is being whipped, not the actor. <laughs> the actor. <laughs> well, when he doesn't get his lines right. He well, I guess. <laughs> He ends up getting whipped. He was yet again unlucky. He recalls his lash just extended over the board and hit me with such a high velocity that it couldn't breathe. It's like getting the wind knocked out of you. The stinging is so horrific that you can't get here. He, the actor, ended up getting whipped during a stunt. They were. It was a. It was a scene in which Jesus was being whipped, but uh, Caviezel ended up getting whipped too. So. Even the safety precautions production put in place to ensure that no one on the set would be harmed were not enough to keep Caviezel safe why on several they, occasions. Why did they use real whips? Probably the sound, maybe. I don't know. Do the sound behind the no, scenes. Well, I mean, yeah. So as he trugged around carrying, at 100, carrying a 150-pound cross during the filming, he dislocated his shoulder. They wouldn't even give him a hollow cross. They hated it. So boy. <laughs> you would think the set designers would create a cross that weighed a little less to make his life easier. No. Nope. But no, the cross itself, it was a huge cross if you've seen the movie, but it I weighed know. 150 pounds. So it gets even more bizarre. It gets even more bizarre. During this scene, the Sermon on the Mount, Caviso was, guess what he was? 
You guys will not guess this. I I don't even know. He was struck by lightning. Motherfucker. Bitch, I'm not joking. Motherfucker. As if that couldn't be taken as a sign from uh, disproving God. Moments later, assistant director Jan Michelini was also struck footsteps away. So if I were Mel Gibson, the director at the time, I might have just called it quits at this point before his lead star ended up getting killed in some freak accident. Uh, but I thought he didn't quit either. It was crazy. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Some but actors are low-key too, too serious about their roles. Uh, <laughs> I read something that the assistant director and the actor himself, they both thought it was a direct sign from God. Like, they thought that was a sign. And they kept going. But they kept going. <laughs> crazy. Uh, maybe they thought God it was like... work faster. <laughs> or maybe they thought it was like a good sign. I don't know. If I got struck by lightning... God struck you because he thought you did a great job. <laughs> he's like, your, sh- your shit is... Pat on the back. He doesn't know how to pat you, so he strikes you with lightning. <laughs> like an over-aggressive you. dad. Just like, <laughs> pat! Oh my god, our dad, whenever he laughs, he comes and like shakes our shoulders aggressively. Just like, so so luckily for Caviezel, that was the extent to which he'd suffer while producing the film. While it it does that, seem like a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're like that's the that's extent. It. Just that's struck it. by lightning and whipped a few just, times. Uh, yeah, just pneumonia, broken shoulder. So once the film was released, both Jim Caviezel and Mel Gibson suffered in terms of their careers. They both kind of just vanished. I think Mel Gibson not as much though. I still hear. No, he's he's prominent, but most of his more famous movies are from before. While the film received worldwide fame, both men became essentially blackballed from Hollywood. I also thought blackballed. I also thought the word blackballed was. It just means kind of like blacklisted, like people didn't want to work with them anymore. In fact, Caviezel recalls Gibson trying to talk him out of the role only moments after offering it. He said, "You'll never work in this town again." And I also imagine like a weird like country accent. You'll never work in this town again. I don't think that was a country accent. <laughs> You started the same. Okay. If, you, if you get Robert to turn around. Okay. <laughs> and that's probably why we haven't heard, really heard much from Jim Caviezel since. Um, just as Mel Gibson predicted, he became typecast as Jesus Christ. How do you get typecast as Jesus Christ? Typecast, typecast means that everyone, like, no, I know you play the specific role. I'm just imagining how many Jesus roles are out there that were like, ah, oh, let's get that guy. It's the only movie I can think of that shows Jesus' crucifixion. That's the thing. And a lot of people saw it. So he became typecast as Jesus Christ, and no director would be willing to work with an actor that the audience would remember as Jesus. <laughs> so that is the curse of the Passion of the Christ and how the film that didn't want to be made came to be. It clearly either didn't want to be made or it just wanted a new lead. Or God, God had a funny way of saying good job. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Mel Gibson will be directing a sequel next year in 2021 with Jim Caviezel as the lead once again. What's going to happen in the sequel? Yeah, so, ballsy, I must say. And if I were Caviezel, I, after everything I endured, I don't think I would want to do a sequel. Let's be real, he needs the money. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) but I don't know. It seems sketch, like, I'm I'm wishing him good luck because it seems like some serious shit is going to happen. He's going to die. Well, Called hopefully it. not, Michelle. Called it. If he does, if he does, it's because Michelle said it. I don't want it to die or anything. But if he does die, just know it's probably because this curse. This is okay. It. Okay. Anyway, all right, Michelle. You heard it here first. You heard it here first, you. folks. Also, in reference, today is April thirtieth, twenty 
2020. The movie will come out in 2021. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, I thought Leah was doing a shout out to me. My birthday's tomorrow. Oh, Ooh. yeah, Michelle's 24. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in my mid 20s. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna be talking about the Curse of the Poltergeist movie trilogy from the 80s because there's a new one, I guess. I'm not gonna lie, I had not seen the movie before, so I rented it earlier today for 48 hours from Amazon and it cost $4. I should have just bought it for $8. Did, I, did you watch it for 48 hours? Of course, no. <laughs> I was like, did you watch it? And I was ready to say, of course. Yeah. No, she literally just got it today. Yeah. So it, I got it so late in the day, I didn't even finish it until three and you guys got here at like four. So you kind of close. Michelle. I didn't even start my hey, notes until I started the movie. it's fresh on your mind. That's true. So, I also didn't have time to watch the other two movies, so. It's okay. Whatever. Side note, in the beginning of the movie when the little girl is talking to the TV, it is creepy. And then at one part, a guy's like pulling skin off of his face. And that was gross. Ew. It was in the 80s, so it wasn't the best effects, but I don't like anything gory at all. Michelle doesn't like anything 80s either, remember? <laughs> I know, it was such a struggle. It was actually really good. <laughs> Until they started showing what was supposed to be like the ghost poltergeist things. And I was like... 80s. Yeah. <laughs> walking around wearing like a fucking cheat on them. Yep. No. <laughs> okay. So for all of you guys that don't know, I put all of y'all because on RuneScape, I've been saying y'all a lot. Uh-oh. I'm trying to be more gender neutral, but it's hard when you're in the habit of saying guys. So for all of y'all that don't know, Poltergeist is a supernatural movie that came out in the 1980s. It's basically about a family who begins to experience paranormal disturbances in their house that was built on a cemetery. Many people believe that the trilogy is cursed because there's been several deaths of people who are associated with the film, including two of the younger actors in it. So this is like a fairly well-known curse, and there was even an episode of E! True Hollywood Story dedicated to it. I wanted to watch that, but as I said, I finished the movie at 3-something, and you guys got it at 4. So I'm going to try and put these all in the order of, like, when they happened, kind of. Like, I think I did an order of uh, the trilogy. Like, people in, only in the first movie, people in the second movie, people were in all of them. Whatever. So, the first person I'm going to talk about is Dominique Dunn. Or, I think it's Dunn. It's D-U-N-N-E. Yeah, Dunn. Okay. Aww. So, Dominique was only 22 when she was killed by her ex-boyfriend. Mm. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Crazy guy? Yeah, he's... Domestic abuse? Or yeah. yeah. Any, anyone okay. gets killed by a significant other. <laughs> so, hers is actually going to be the longest story I talk about. Because I wanted to put her last because of that, but also she was only in the first movie, so it made more sense chronologically. Okay. So, this happened only or a year after she was cast as the teenager Dana in the Poltergeist movie, and it was her first feature film, and it happened only months after the movie was released. That's sad. Yeah. So Dominique, How old was she, you said? She was 22. 22. Oh, shit. That's like, how old we she are, died. Really? Yeah. What? She died like 19 days before her birthday. Oh, oh no way. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's 29 days before my birthday. I'm trying to relate to her. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so Dominique met her boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, at a party in 1981, and after only a few weeks of dating, they moved into a one-bedroom West Hollywood home together. The relationship soon turned abusive because John was very possessive and jealous. At one point, John reportedly yanked out handfuls of her hair by the roots during a fight. Oh. Yep. After this, she left him to stay at her mom's house, but eventually went back home to him. A month later, during another argument, John grabbed her by the throat and threw her to the ground before beginning to strangle her. 
A friend was sleeping over and heard what they described as loud gagging noises. And Dominique told the friend that John had been trying to kill her, and he denied it. What did the friend think? I don't know if the friend saw it. It didn't really go that much into detail if, like, the friend walked in after it happened, and Dominique was like, yo, he just tried to fucking kill me. Because I don't know how the fuck he could deny it if you walk in and see it. And he's like, oh, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So he denied it and told Dominique to come back to bed. And she pretended it was all okay and went. But later that night, she snuck out the bathroom window. She got into her car and started it. But John heard it starting and came out and jumped <gasps> on the hood so she couldn't get away. But then he jumped off. I don't know, probably to go to the window or something. And she drove off. Oh. I don't know if her friend was just inside, like, do I leave? Or? <laughs> I know. It's the same night. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So she stayed with her mom again for a few more days, and she broke up with John over the phone. Once she moved, or once he moved out of their place, she had the locks changed and moved back in by herself. On October 30th, 1982, they had broken up for a few weeks when Dominique was at home rehearsing for a miniseries she had been cast in with fellow actor David Packer. Dominique was on the phone with a friend when John had the operator cut into their conversation. Can, I, operators did Whoa, that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I didn't know there was a thing you could call operator and be like, I want in on this. <laughs> and they're like, sick. Uh, yeah. But she just recognized him and told her friend like, oh, that's John. Let's just hang up to get rid of him. <laughs> and it's super creepy. Ten minutes later, he showed up to her home. So she agreed to talk to him on the porch while David waited inside, but they soon began to argue. David said he heard smacking noises and a thud. He called the police, but was told that the home was out of their jurisdiction. Wait, what David is who? David is the actor the, that the she's actor. rehearsing with. Oh, so she was with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were rehearsing lines when he showed up. And he called the police and they said that the home was out of their jurisdiction. It's like, what do you even do if that happens? What? <laughs> yeah. That's it's bullshit. Wow. Yeah. So he then called a friend and told his, even told his friend that if he was found dead, John Sweeney was the person who killed him because <gasps> he was freaked out as well. He, uh, after that, he left out the back door and walked towards the driveway and he saw John leaning over Dominique in some bushes and trying to resuscitate her. John oh. told, this part is a little, like, I don't know the correct order that happened because the, on Wikipedia, it's all from like, uh the actor friend's point of view, and then a different page, it was all about John's point of view, so if the order's mixed up and you realize, sorry, the details I just, are a little jaded. Yeah. It happens. It's like, it's kind of like the same details, but everyone's putting them in different orders, so I don't know what happened when. Mm. But yeah, so he saw him trying to resuscitate Dominique, and John told David to call the police. They showed up this time, I guess. I don't know. Probably because he was like, weird. no, someone's like dead. We actually need you. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, suddenly you're my jurisdiction. On the way. <laughs> On the way. Uh, while David was calling the police, or maybe not while, John later said that he then ran inside and took two bottles of pills to try and overdose. But later, I think people said that there was no evidence that he did that. The police actually came this time, as I said, and they were greeted by John with his hands up saying, I killed my girlfriend and I tried to kill myself. He claimed later that he couldn't even remember what the fight was about, just oh. being on top of her and having his hands around her throat. Damn. Oh my god, what a psycho too. Mm-hmm. He was trying to resuscitate her after. Yep. So Dominique was transported to a hospital and she was actually placed on life support since her heart had stopped, but I guess they brought her back somehow. 
Over the course of a few days, multiple brain scans were performed on her and showed that she had no brain activity Aww. due to the um, lack of oxygen. This is a bummer, Michelle. Yeah, I know. It is. I didn't think it was going to be like fucking young adults getting killed because of domestic violence. Yeah, it took a very sad turn. I like, I like Brandy in mine more. Okay, I know. I'm sorry. The great Bambina. <laughs> it's a little, a little lighter. <laughs> So, unfortunately, she never regained consciousness and was taken off life support at the request of her parents on November 4th, 1982. Dang. That's sad as hell, bro. It is. We should have started with yours because I feel really bummed right now. I know. We'll make make jokes at the end. So, John Sweeney was immediately arrested and charged with attempted murder because at the time she wasn't dead. She was still alive. Yeah. But it was changed to first degree Mm, murder when she ultimately ended up dying. He pleaded not guilty because he's the worst. He yeah. never plead guilty. I know. He did, however, admit later on that he was... He did argue with her that night that he first tried strangling her and the friend heard the gagging noise. And he was charged with assault with intent to do great bodily harm. But he said he didn't assault her and he was just trying to keep her from leaving. I don't By know. strangling her? He's like, don't leave. By depriving her of oxygen. <laughs> fucking idiot. She's brandy. <laughs> Sorry. So John's trial began in August of 1983. He testified that he had no intentions of hurting. This is all from his point of view, by the way. Well, yeah. His dumbass point of view. He had no intentions of hurting her that night. And he had gone over because they were in the process of reconciling. According to him, they had, according to him, they'd been talking daily about moving back in, getting married and starting a family. He says that when he showed up, Dominique told him she had no intentions of getting back together and was leading him on, and he just lost it. Mm. Despite him saying how he couldn't remember attacking her until she was basically dead, the medical examiner who performed her autopsy said that she had been strangled for at least three minutes and maybe up to seven. What the fuck? He had full intentions to kill her. Oh, yeah, no. This gave him plenty of time to realize what he was doing and snap out of it to save her life. Five, ten seconds, okay, and then he stops, what, three minutes? That is... At least three minutes. As you strangle somebody, that you have to be very aware of what you're doing. Yeah. So, prosecutors wanted to have one of John's ex-girlfriends testify at the trial as she had been a victim of his abuse, but the judge granted the defense's request to dismiss her as it was prejudicial. But I feel like stuff like that is relevant. If you have a history of hurting women, it's kind of relevant when you kill a woman. (laughs) Yeah, but I guess it could be prejudicial because it automatically paints that picture. I mean, even though he It should paint the picture, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's just like his right... If he had been innocent, it would look really bad. Yeah. But he was a whole ass process. Yeah. I watch SVU a lot. (laughs) But (laughs) it was kind of bullshit because even while she was like... I, I don't know if she was, like, in the judge's chamber talking to them about it and he overheard or what, but while she was testifying, not in front of the jury, um, just to see if it would be admissible, John actually became so mad that he jumped out of his seat and ran towards the room where she was. He had to be grabbed and subdued by six people and handcuffed back to his chair where he started to cry and apologize. Wait, did she see him fuck? run after? I don't know. Her? It was kind of confusing. I don't know if she was, like, in the judge's chamber and maybe, like... They could hear, but he, she didn't want to see him. I think that could be likely. She just didn't yeah, want to see he, him. Yeah, he knew that she was there, and he yeah, tried and to heard, go he like, intimidate her. I think he, like, broke her nose, and, like, her lung got punctured or something. Jeez. Just, like, a oh. bunch of shit. He's an awful human being. The judge also refused to allow Dominique's mom and family to testify because all their statements about John being abusive were hearsay. So the defense basically lost everything they have. Testimonies. I I don't understand why they use anything relevant. Yeah, can't you kind of use that to speak towards character? I asked Brandy. You watch more SVU than me. You could, but I guess they would say that's prejudicial too. Yeah. Because they would. 
What isn't like prejudicial here? <laughs> yeah, but if it's a negative somebody's doing, then if you're just reporting back exactly what happened, that, that's then, just facts. Then again, back in the 80s, I feel like they were more harsh. Oh, yeah. And back in the 80s, they probably were just like, well, she might have let him on. So yeah. didn't she kind of deserve yeah. to be killed? Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. The funky 80s. The funky 80s. (laughs) So the defense attorney also requested that John not be tried as first degree murder since the murder wasn't planned. This request was, of course, approved. This judge is the worst. The jury was told to consider the charges as second degree murder and manslaughter. So on September 21st, 1983, the jury acquitted John of second degree murder, but found him guilty of voluntary manslaughter and assault for the first strangling attack. Didn't you get for the first the one? The first one, not the second one? He was found for manslaughter for the actual murder. And you then an the additional assault charge. Oh, okay, yeah. I get oh, okay. okay. Sorry, should have worded it back. Okay. I was about to agree But he that. wasn't charged with any murder. Not even second degree murder. Can't you get manslaughter, manslaughter for, like, running a person over in your car on accident? On accident? Yeah, that'd be, you saw un- his that'd be uh, involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, involuntary manslaughter. And this was voluntary manslaughter? If yeah. you were straining someone with your hands... I know, I'm just asking, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, what I no. got. Because okay. it like, feels For pretty voluntary. <laughs> yeah. Why was that just not... Con- why is that not just considered first or second degree murder? First degree is when it's planned. Second yeah, degree... He should have been charged with second degree. He should have at least been charged with second, degree but degree it seems murder, You have to prove intent. Secondary... Yeah. I don't remember... Secondary is what happened here, but he didn't get charged with. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like you were planning it, but you still did it. Yeah. Yeah, everyone basically considers it like an injustice, yeah. <laughs> the way, how it ended up. So on November 7th, he was sentenced to six years in prison for the manslaughter, plus an extra six months for the assault. Just six years for strangling his ex-girlfriend? Yep, and then he was released for good behavior after only serving three years, seven months, Shut and 27 up. days. Her family was outraged and considered this injustice. A year after her death, her mom founded Justice for Homicide Victims, a victims group to help others. And this motherfucker's just... He's just out, out there. Somebody, I was searching online and somebody thought that they found his Facebook. And I was like, I don't really... Let's know troll well, him. He, no, because he no, changed his name. So it could just be a random dude and we're trolling <laughs> this dude. That is so messed up. Only three years for killing somebody? I yeah. don't understand. And it's kind of fucking crazy because the judge later directly... Once the jury read out their verdict, the judge criticized them and said that they should have charged him with second degree murder and kind of scolded oh. them. Well, but the jury then went back and was like, blame the judge. And they're like, you're only blaming us because everyone's criticizing you because you wouldn't let anyone fucking testify. If we knew about the ex-girlfriend, we would have put him away for murder. Yeah, he's just they trying thought, to save his own ass. Yeah, no, they thought it was just like a one-off thing, like a really awful thing that this guy did, but he didn't have a history with it and all this stuff. And they found out a history and they were like, oh, fuck, we would have convicted him for more. <laughs> yeah, he was just heating up for all those years and he reached his boiling point. Yeah, just all around bad times, yeah. <laughs> basically. So, moving on from that awful one, they don't get much better, because there's quite a few people who died. Yeah, don't they get younger? One person is younger. Oh, Michelle. Uh, so, the sequel for Poltergeist, named Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, was released on May 23rd, 1986. I haven't seen this movie, so all my information I just got from online. The character Henry Kane in this movie is played by actor Julian Beck. Julian Beck was diagnosed with stomach cancer in 1983 and died of it on September 14th, 1985 at the age of 60 before the movie could even be released. Oh, they didn't get to see their movie? Mm -mm. I was reading about him too and he sounded like a bicon. It said that he like was with his, I don't know if it was his wife or like girlfriend of a long time. They were in an open relationship and they even shared romantic partners with this one actor and I was like, you guys are cool. (laughs) The 80s. The 80s. 
funky 80s. The funky 80s, <laughs> my guys. So, the next death associated with the Poltergeist franchise is that of actor Will Sampson. He played Taylor in the second Poltergeist movie, and he died at age 53 on June 3rd, 1987. He passed away from a long illness caused by a chronic condition he had. And I was reading about it, and it's pretty crazy, because your dude is 6'7", I guess. Oh, shit. He's very tall. And uh, he, like, because of this illness, he went from 260 pounds to, I think, 140 pounds. Aww. So just imagine someone 6'7", and how yeah. fucking small they would look. I also felt kind of bad for Damn, him. Damn, Chalier's is a big bummer. It is a big bummer. And then also, I was going to mention racial stereotyping for actors, because he was Native American, and looking at his roles, they were like, Native chief. Chief something. Mm-hmm. Indian in training. And I was like, oh, funky 80s. Yeah. <laughs> in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Oh, funky 80s. <laughs> funky oh, 80s. Oh, no. Um, actress Zelda Rubenstein, who I'm guessing is the same. Seems right. Zelda's also a cool name. She played the medium Tan- Tangina? Tangina? I didn't actually hear her say that. Tangerine? No. Oh. Tangerine. It looks like Tangina. Tangina Barrows in all three films. She died at the age of 76 in 2010 after she never recovered from a heart attack she had several months later. Most people don't consider her death to be related to the curse, but I just wanted to mention it anyway. It's notable. It's notable. What, it happened... What, it happened a really later. long time after. I was going to say, what if she had the heart attack? It, it would have made more sense for the curse if she had the heart attack in the 80s and she never recovered. For 30 years. That for 30 brutal. years. Yeah. She was also, she was like 4'3". So I would love to see her compared to the 6'7 oh, guy. That's fun. Tiny. Yeah, she was tiny. I was watching it and I thought all the other actors were just really tall and I looked her up. Oh. <laughs> uh, so... The last death I'll be getting into is that of Heather O'Rourke. She played the youngest daughter, Carol Ann, in all three of the Poltergeist movies, and she was only 12 years old when she died in 1988 in San Diego. She died in San Diego. So, on January 31st of 1988, she began to have flu-like symptoms, and the next day she collapsed at home and was taken to a hospital. So, and the hospital was in El Cajon. That's why I want to mention the San Diego, so I could mention more specifically. They were driving to East County. And while on the way, she went into cardiac arrest. Oh, a twelve-year-old going into cardiac arrest—that's insane. That's super. Yep. The family was probably freaking out. Oh yeah, but paramedics were able to restart her heart. She was then airflighted to the Children's Hospital of San Diego, and they discovered that part of her intestine had inflated to four di- four inches in diameter. That's pretty oh, big. Oh, now that you actually hold up your hand, that's bigger than I thought it was. Whew. And a twelve-year-old's body. Yeah. Oh Damn. no. So, How did they not notice that? Like, I feel like her stomach would get bigger. I think it, like, just happened, like, super fucking suddenly. Oh. Just inflated. Kind of yeah. like a, an appendix burst. It just kind of happens. Yeah, a little. So, she was taken into emergency surgery to repair an acute bowel obstruction, but unfortunately, she died two hours into the surgery. Her oh. cause of death was ruled as congenital stenosis of the intestine complicated by septic shock. I tried my best to look into what that means, because big words. And basically, I think it was like a severe bowel obstruction that was present when she was born, and it became infected, which caused her to go into septic shock, and the septic shock then brought on the cardiac arrest. Whoa, so building up for 12 years? Yeah. It probably wasn't like growing or anything, and then it just randomly got infected. Wow. I don't know how stuff like that after gets infected. Yeah. After all the movies ended. Wait, what year did she die? She died in 1988. In the movie... When did the movie series end? You know, I didn't actually search that I should, because the second one came out in 1986. So we can assume she died, like, right after. Yeah. Wow. 
That's crazy. That crazy. definitely seems like the biggest curse of all of these. Yeah. What the? I didn't. I didn't realize how violent the first one was gonna be though. The twenty-two-year-old that fucked me up. Yeah. Sorry. I'm looking to see when the movies came out. Oh, the third one came out in 1988. Oh. So it came out June 10th, 1988, and she passed away. She passed away January 31st. So she didn't even get to see it. Dang. That's really what? sad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because actually I did read. Oh, it was barely a month after her 12th birthday. Fuck. Oh. Sorry, guys, I don't know how accurate my facts are, because I just read something that said that she might have had flu-like symptoms before that she recovered from and then came back. So maybe they did notice this thing was up. But that's just how it all Maybe they just thought it was something else. Yeah, that's how it all... Obviously, they didn't think it was as big as a deal as it turned out to be. Yeah, no. I should have looked more to the third movie, but I didn't even think about that. So there's a lot of rumors that have gone around about other actors in the franchise dying, even one that claims all the main characters have since died, but these are... Mostly untrue. It's just the ones I've mentioned. Maybe there's, like, some extras. That's a good amount of them, though. That Mm -hmm. is a very large amount. And I also only talked about the original movies, but there was a remake a couple years ago, and the set was supposedly haunted, but I thought I would save that for another time. Did you look into if any of those actors passed away? No, none of them have died. Not yet. It was sad. (laughs) Yeah, not yet. Fuck. It was sad because I was looking up the um, actor who plays the little boy, and they said something on his Wikipedia about how he is the only surviving actor who played a child in that family, and he has also outlived both of the other people in the movie who were like, what? I don't know, it just made me sad. Yeah, I was like, don't compare him to all these children who died. Yeah. I wonder if he feels like waiting for something to happen to him. Maybe. It's Damn. fucking crazy. Have you guys, there was, instead of doing The Passion of the Christ, I was considering doing The Omen. Did you read anything about the omen? I don't know. I nice. can't recall most of it, but there was a part of it. So the omen is like another scary movie, an older scary film that's supposedly cursed. And just one part of it I wanted to mention that stuck out with me. Um, in the movie, one of the characters, I guess he is like beheaded. I don't even know how, to be honest. And uh, I think just a few years later, that's how he ends up dying in real life. <gasps> but yeah, it'd be interesting to do another one about haunted films. I know. Supposedly, like the lax, the the exorcist, the exorcist or the exorcism. I always mix them. The exorcist. exorcist. The exorcist. I, I've always said that since the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> the exorcism. Um, Literally, like the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I've heard too that the exorcist is supposedly cursed. Um, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of scary movies yeah, that are supposedly cursed. There are. The Omen. They're definitely like the ones I feel from the '80s are. More the, curse? I don't know what the I don't know the funky eighties. I don't know what they were doing. Maybe they're practicing like witchcraft. Some something. I just, I just saw the sinister yesterday. Oh, that was scary. How, yeah, I forgot how spooky it is. That movie made me so scared when we lived at our sister's house. Every time I would use the bathroom and go back to the the room, I'd have to turn the hall light on and look down the stairs to make sure I didn't see the sinister guy standing there. Aww. He scared me so bad. I'm trying to remember what he looked like. Was that like the demon and the he dream? He had long black hair and he'd wear a suit. Yeah, I'm not. Really I'm not thinking scary. of the right thing. You don't want to see him. It's like scary. I do want to see him. Brandy, pull him up. I need to see him so then I have an excuse to post him on Instagram if he looks worth it. Something, another spooky thing. I I watched The Ring. Oh yeah. A couple days ago. I remember that. For the first time in years, like ten years, expecting to be really scary, and my boyfriend wouldn't watch it with me because he, I guess he's too scared out by movies that have Me-ish. little girls with long hair. Like he won't. He's <laughs> never seen The Grudge and he's never seen The Ring, but he refuses to because. 
something about them like really scares him and he also doesn't well, no, it's more because of, like, his mom. His mom's that type, like, you open a portal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. he is. It just kind of <laughs> stuck with, it sticks with you. Yeah. You grow up hearing that shit, so he's like, yeah, I'd rather not. Yeah, and I guess in the movie, the part that supposedly, like, could haunt you or could curse you is if you watch the film, when they show, like, her put the the tape in, if you watch the oh, tape. I try not to watch it. In the ring, I watch it all. I don't even fucking blink. I'm just like, oh. Mesmerized? Damn. Gross. <laughs> Not gross, but it's just, I mean, that's, it's like such a key part of the movie, but yeah, he wouldn't watch it, but I was, it was pretty scary, I guess. The part that freaks me out the most is the end. Like, that's where I got really scared. Uh, spoiler. Spoiler alert. In the end of the ring, um, they think that, so the boyfriend, or I guess the baby daddy, because they're not together, the baby daddy, the mom, they think that the curse is over, that they freed this. They freed Samara, which is the little evil girl that's... The little evil the girl. The little evil girl that's at the bottom of the well and living in the video I'm going to start saying that to our nieces whenever they're the being bad. The little evil girl. I'm like the little evil girl. I don't know what else to call her. Um, possessed. Her no, she wasn't even... Samara. Okay. Samara uh, They thought that like they pretty much like released her. And the, the mom realizes that, oh no, she's actually... Like the tapes are still out there. People are still dying. And right as she's like trying to call the the baby daddy and like oh. skirting on over trying to save him his tv's turned to static and he's like oh he's all alone he's like what the and then it shows the well the ominous well nothing there he's staring and you're like run bitch yeah <laughs> i mean because obviously you know what happens you see a creepy hand come out you see the head and slowly she starts to like crawl over the well and then she starts making her way to the front of the tv Ew. and worst part worst part ever right here she reaches the front of the TV and then she starts to come out of the TV. She like sticks her hands out and she starts crawling out of the TV. Ugh. Oh, dude, it's terrifying. So, also at that part when when they show her, so in the movie they have like a a cute little actor when she's just Samora before she's dead, but they they end up casting a different actor oh. to play the dead her. I mean, you could tell if you watch it. This person's like versus the other so the the main girl some more she's like five foot this person i swear they're like at least like five eight like well it's built. probably an adult yeah because they don't and, want a child to traumatize them they're <laughs> so terrifying looking i didn't look into that who the actor is i don't think it's the girl who plays samora well, i don't know but i know that the little girl maybe the good like the alive little girl she's the girl who voices lilo and lilo and stitch oh <laughs> fun fact yeah but yeah that movie if you guys are quarantined right now and you want some good movies it's on netflix now the ring uh-huh oh i was just using uh, i'm not gonna say which site i don't want to get in chill for pirating our <laughs> cia is always listening to sorry it. cia them and the, the turkish marine biologists our man main <laughs> fan, fan base yeah shouts out to the turkish marine biologists we know you guys are our number one <laughs> okay well uh anything else you guys want to add all right, well, happy birthday to me, and... <laughs> don't get cursed. Yeah, don't get cursed out there. If you, Sorry, I sound muffled. My mask is thick. It's a thick boy. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Tales from Beyond Podcast. Our email is talesfromthebeyondpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter, Twitter, is spooky <laughs> underscore twatter. beyond. I was going to say, do you remember that video of the Jonas Brother? He's like, Facebook, Twatter. Yeah, I <laughs> Classic. Follow us on Twitter. So, <laughs> how do I usually end this? We'll see you guys next week. Talk to y'all next week. I'm a y'all person now. Goodbye, y'all. Goodbye, y'all. Bye. Goodbye.
Okay. 